Dumplings are boiling over, Zina. And you're all flies on them, but I didn't want to mention it. What if one of you is the monster? Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And, you know, one thing we really don't do, Paul, is we don't have a heavy metal theme uh, playing at the beginning and we don't spend the first 10 minutes talking about what beers we've drunk. I only mentioned that because I saw someone on Facebook said that's the kind of podcast he really doesn't like. And I thought, yes, results, some mistakes we don't make. Woohoo! Uh, anyway, Paul, what, what are we going to talk about today? So I thought we'd talk about the um, one of my favourite beers. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually drinking a tea, so I don't think that would really cut it. <laughs> so um, we're recording this on Easter Monday. We are. And, and this does have a kind of, um, a, a, it's slightly related to Easter, this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes so more more easter sunday than easter monday um but yes we're talking about the the uh hammer film dracula 3 or <laughs> dracula has risen from the grave along with jesus so i'm going to just ignore the religious stuff <laughs> Paul, but <laughs> well, this has got this film's got quite a lot of religiousy things so. no it does uh, only for the moment we'll come back to it uh, I, just wanted, I wanted immediately to talk about Dracula 3 because I know exactly what you mean though it's not actually technically Dracula 3 in any sense because it's Hammer's fourth Dracula film but... yes I know but <laughs> one, one of them doesn't have Dracula in so. <laughs> well, well exactly and you know I, I see this film as actually the, the middle part of a trilogy because I think, think Dra- Dracula, uh, late 50s, the, the first great period of, of Hammer, and then Dracula, Prince of Darkness, which we talked about bef- before. We did a whole episode of that. Actually, our most popular episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> and Dracula's Wizard from the Grave and then Taste the Blood of Dracula. Those three films all go together. They all link nicely. They're all made very close together. So yeah. I, I see those as a trilogy. And then, then the Dracula films after that are, are much more loosely related. Yeah. So, but, but I know exactly where you're coming from about by calling it Dracula 3. And, and I think in the continuity of Hammer Draculas, I don't count Rise of Dracula either. That's a Van, Van Helsing movie, isn't yeah. it? So I, I agree with you that it is Dracula 3. Yep. Right. Okay. And uh, here's the next thing I want to talk about. This film, for me, is most notable for the people who aren't involved <laughs> rather than the people who are involved. Okay. <laughs> I, I, wonder, I wonder if you, you kind of had a similar feeling or maybe you think I'm mad. What am I talking about? Um, possibly. I mean, it, it does feel like um, perhaps they've got a whole load of 
I, I want to say second tier actors. Um, <laughs> they've got Christopher Lee, obviously, as Dracula. Okay, yeah, um, and you can't and, complain and then, about that. No, and then I think think they've got yeah a lot of kind of yeah second tier sort of sort of actors filling the rest of the parts. There are no no other sort of real names as such, are there? I suppose Rupert Davies was sort of a little bit known, I suppose. I, I doubt very much, and I, I apologise to any listeners who, who do feel this way, but I doubt very much whether, you, you know, there are, there are a lot of Rupert Davis fans out there thinking about the great Rupert Davis films like um, Dracula's from the Grave and Witchfinder General and all those others that you can obviously reel off the tongue tripping easily <laughs> from... from yeah, because we're all so familiar. No, no, it's uh, the 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 budget went on Christopher Lee, didn't it? But by, by yes. this, this this kind of period where Christopher Lee was a big star, especially because of Dracula, Prince of Darkness, yeah. um, and they couldn't afford, and Peter Cushing was still a big star, so they couldn't afford to have them both together. Uh, later on, of course, they can again, but here it just seems like they couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's no Peter Cushing, and that's that's the first notable absence. And I and that was the same in Prince of Darkness. Yeah. So I guess you're not expecting him at this point. And Rupert no, Davis is no. playing not Father Shandor, but he's playing a similar role to that. He plays the Monsignor Monsignor Ernest Muller or so, Ernst Muller, something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Monsignor, but um, but no, uh, but. Dracula, Prince of Darkness was directed by Terence Fisher, the the real the Dracula director. Yeah, he's right, and and the director who directed every Frankenstein film almost. Um, yeah, and he was supposed to direct this film, but okay. he had a an automobile accident and broke his leg, and so was unable to. So Freddie Francis st- uh, stood in for him, not quite at the okay. last minute, but but. Freddie Francis wasn't meant to direct this film. And that makes a lot of sense to me because I would have thought at this time, Terence Fisher, he was Hammer's top director and he directed the Dracula series as well as the Frankenstein series. But that's where that ended. And they they didn't get Fisher back after this for any further Dracula films. No. Um, In fact, his health was quite poor, I, I believe, by this period so I, I don't think I looked I looked at his film, filmography and it, but basic basically um Frankenstein the monster from hell a couple of years later and then that was it um, yeah sort of get I guess it kind of tails off a bit and stuff yeah um and, and maybe by this period because this is 68 so you're, you're yeah. talking about you know Hammer have been on a very long run and you're starting to get Maybe infirmity, infirmity, retirements, things, the dynamics changing. Um, so, and, and you can see that maybe in this film. Obviously, Freddie Francis, in many people's opinions, is a good replacement for Terence Fisher. He's not Terence yeah. Fisher because no one is, right. but, but Freddie Francis has a big reputation in, in, in his own right. And maybe some things, like his, his eye, because he's a Oscar winning cinematographer, as yeah. we discussed only a few weeks ago. Um, so, so maybe his eye is even a little bit better than Terence Fisher's, but maybe, you know, for, for me, the pacing isn't quite the same. But, you know, even more 
than the absence of Peter Cushing and the absence of Terence Fisher, I really feel the absence of Jimmy Sangster in this film because yeah. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Sangster wrote Prince of Darkness under an alias. Uh, he had a really funny opinion about the gothic horror films. He didn't want to be associated with them and, and he didn't come back for this. And this is where we get for the first time in the Dracula series, uh, uh, the dreaded John Elder <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Anthony Hines uh, wrote, wrote the screenplay for this, and 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 Anthony Hines, I, th- I think we, I think everyone would acknowledge this. He did not have the sophistication of um, uh, of Jimmy Sangster or, no. or, or, or indeed some of the other writers that Hammer used to. Jimmy Sangster always managed to. Um have some good dialogue and get get a few kind of like quite witty bits into the script and this sort of struggles for it yeah absolutely so so uh, but it's not i don't like john elder scripts it's just they tend to be very simple gothic fairy tales yeah (laughs) And, and and that's what we've got that's what we've got here i think so uh many of the other hammer Regulars are back. We do have a James Bernard score. Uh, yeah, I did see Philip Martel as the musical supervisor, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, so forth. But um, this was also, I believe, the first Hammer film not made of Bray. Uh, not first Hammer film not made of Bray, but the first Hammer Dracula not made of Bray. So yeah. this was made at Pinewood. Pinewood, which, yeah. Which is why Castle Dracula isn't Castle Dracula. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so even though we're directly following on we the, the 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 location is a little bit different oh and this takes me to my first um completely irrelevant uh diversion that is going to irritate people but uh the carpathian mountains of yeah which, um Castle Dracula is obviously at the peak of one of the mountains. Uh, the Carpathians were <laughs> apparently represented by the mighty Box Hill, <laughs> <laughs> which, which uh, is, a, is a leafy and slightly hilly part of Surrey. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a bad hill, as hills go. No, I, I agree. I'm, uh, obviously, I've been to Box Hill so many sure, times. I, 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 yeah. hadn't re- I hadn't realised that that was um, yeah, I was, that was filmed. I was just re- reading in the um, in the Marcus Hearn book. And it was filmed part- partly at Box Hill. Uh, and that was their uh, Transylvanian location. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, Blake Seven has used it for an alien planet, hasn't it? So of I think you know, yeah. Transylvania much closer to home. <laughs> Yeah, so so I, th- I thought I'd mention that, and of course, they, the way that they um they they make it an imposing gothic landscape is polystyrene rocks, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> if we're honest, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I think it sounds like I'm being uh, quite down on this film, uh, but I actually really liked it. It's just that um you can see the the ways that it's different from the, yeah. The series and i think that's probably you know dracula prince of darkness great and the first dracula is great this is also great but but it's not quite like a lot of three calls they're not quite as good as the originals this is this is this is very I, much yeah i feel return, like this is the return of the jedi of the dracula. I, we're, we're, I feel like this has sort of fallen into 
by this point it's sort of fallen into a formula well yes yes I, i think that's fair to say it's kind of i mean the I mean, we can we can do the plot. I mean, then then I think people will see if you don't know. Um, but you will know because you'll have watched this film. But <laughs> just just in case you don't know, or you just want to hear what we thought the plot was, um, it, it it starts off during presumably during the events of Prince of Darkness, doesn't it? Yeah. Nearby village where a church is desecrated by uh, Dracula shoving one of his uh, victims in the bell. I quite like I quite like that scene. I thought that scene was quite good, although I wasn't entirely sure what that that girl was sort of hanging from. But um, no, also, also the the blood was weird. I guess that's down to the effects of vampirism. But the Kensington yeah. gore is particularly unblood like as it drips down. Well, it sort of dripped down and then went <laughs> along the floor and then down another hole. Yeah. Which sort of didn't really make sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure that the coagulation would possibly have occurred. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, or her jugular well, has just been severed. But but then that would look different. And I don't think we're at the point in cinema well, where yeah. you can show that. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's a quite, it's effective, but it, it's also yeah. ridiculous. Um but, but we were introduced to the priest and his like mute assistant. Um, he, I, right, I don't, is he mute from the very beginning? No, does, I, does that I turn think him mute? Because there's I, a little bit where he cycles at the, right at the start, and I'm sure he says hello to somebody. No, I, I think you're right. I might have just been, he does. He does. He says hello to a villager, doesn't doesn't he? And then there's chickens, and then he goes in. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think the horror of seeing this scene has turned him mute. But yeah, but right. it adds absolutely nothing to the plot whatsoever. No, it's it. just. I mean, just it doesn't pay off. There's nothing. It just yeah. Well, it doesn't. But we do we do meet that character again. Well, we do, but but. Generally, you'd, you'd sort of think something like that would, would pay off in some way later. <laughs> and this film does do that, highlight things that pay off, have a payoff later, sort of very obviously. Well, we've got... Um, th- then it goes to a year later. So, so yeah. Or, or, so, um, and, and the church is being shunned and there's a broken window and there's only the the priest who's now gray and and an alcoholic um does mass and goes to the pub um and the the mute the boy who's now mute is the only other one in the church with with him because the locals won't go in the church because they say it's uh the shadow of the castle falls on it um and i have i i have an issue with that which we'll go into in a minute but go on Mon, mon well, they might have meant it figuratively. Monsignor um, Muller then turns up, who's obviously like from from the, he's a local, I, 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 presumably bishop, but they, they didn't want to call him a bit. I know Monsignor is a real rank in the church, but yeah, I, I don't know the difference between a Monsignor and a bishop here. <laughs> I, I think know. I think there's a level that they perhaps don't <laughs> want to be too specific. <laughs> But they're just trying to kind of have it vaguely Christian-y. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, although they're obviously Catholics, okay, which yeah. which is odd, isn't it? Because and this is another another thing. Um, I, I haven't looked into this, but 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 are they Catholic in Transylvania? I must look into that. Or are they? <laughs> or, 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 or is it Greek Orthodox? <laughs> I, mean, I must look. look. But, but but then the Hammer films are set somewhere in in mid mid sort of Eastern Europe. They're, they're very non-specific, aren't they? It's well, you're of, right. It never says Transylvania. Nowhere does it ever say that. I don't think. Anyway. No, you're absolutely. So it, it's yeah. somewhere vaguely Eastern European. So which gives them the ability to just mix and match any weird thing that they want to want to Be, do. Because um, at one point in the awkward dinner party scene, <laughs> the Monsignor asks, um, asks Paul, you're, you're not a Protestant, are you? Or something like that. So yeah. uh, there, yeah, there, there, is, there, is, there is some mention of denomination. Um, but anyway, the Monsignor uh, decides to exorcise the castle, which is a disastrous mistake. So, just to get back to the, the shadow, oh, actually, no, because this, this bit's important. So, yeah, the Monsignor, he drags the priest with him, doesn't he? he gets and the, takes the cross, takes the cross, crucifix from the church. The church, puts the crucifix across the doors of Castle Dracula, does the um, rite of exorcism. Yeah. Is that there's, there's a thunderstorm but the priest um won't go all the way up so he's sort of halfway up the mountain yeah and he and he's um absolutely hammered because <laughs> yeah. i mentioned alcoholic and then he falls down the mountain cuts his head and the blood trickles into the water the icy water right right into the mouth of <laughs> dracula who is revived because obviously we last saw Dracula um, being tra- trapped in the icy waters of whatever river it is that flows yeah. past. That, that, this, this is, without a doubt, the single worst resurrection scene ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just nonsense. And, and just, just, just rubbish. Well, but, but they, just briefly getting back to the, the church thing. Um, so I think that they, it's very clear in the script that they're talking literally about the church the shadow of the castle touches the church yeah because because they're very specific about that and and then and then i thought well actually that that, that can't work because when the the monsignor and the priest set off at sunrise and they reach the castle just as, as sun setting right so it's taken them that long to get there so either they've like stopped every five minutes for like fag break and, and a wee or something, but the, or, or, or or this is or this is the, the tallest mountain castle ever, or it's just miles away. In which case, there's no way the literal shadow would would touch the church. Yes, and so... it doesn't make sense for it to be a metaphor either. To be sort of metaphorically speaking, because why would it be specifically the church of that place? So what you touched on is the internal, the internal logic of the script. Is I, yes, it just annoyed <laughs> me. It was just like, well, we're going to set off. They, they, they've gone. Yeah, we're going to set off in the morning at, at daybreak, but then the scripts needed it to be nighttime for for the for that particular yep. scene. So they've just kind of yep. touched it, and they've been climbing their way up there all day. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. And Dracula Not that I mean, really matters, but <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. But <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like any of this scene apart from actually um, in the tavern. The landlord is George A. Cooper. Who George C. Cooper? Is it George C. Cooper? Sorry. Yeah. I, right. I apologise, uh, George, um, because he um, he's one of the quite hostile, unfriendly landlords. Um, <laughs> and I like well, him. I like. I like. I always, I always like to see a landlord. <laughs> did you know what I thought? Well, first, first of all, obviously he was famous in our year for our era for playing. Uh, Mr. Griffiths, the, the caretaker yeah. on Grange Hill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but do you know what my first thought was? Because in the credits, Michael Ripper is in this film. My first thought was, oh, look, Michael Ripper isn't the innkeeper. <laughs> hey, that's brilliant. <laughs> We're going to get to see Michael Ripper do, do like some other part. Because um, I have to say now that I have seen this film, but back in the VHS days, long, long ago, but had no memory of it. I can remember pretty much a lot about every other Dracula film. This one was just complete blank in, in my head as to, to what what happened in it. Well, you, you, were, heading, like, what, you were heading so, for a crushing disappointment. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought, yeah, no, this is good. Maybe maybe Michael Ripper has got a slightly meatier role, which, to be fair, he sort of has. Yeah, but he's still a landlord. But he still ends up being a landlord. <laughs> He's a landlord stroke baker. So, yeah, yeah. In, in a weird kind of anything the plot needs him to be kind of way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So to finish off this um, yeah. scene, the Monsignor goes home happy, thinking, yeah, brilliant. I've done my job. Brilliant. Dracula vanquished one more, once more. And yeah. meanwhile, Dracula himself gets very upset to see the way to his castle barred by the cross yeah. and um, he, he speaks his first line of dialogue since about 10 minutes into the first Dracula film <laughs> he, he says who has done this thing who yeah. has done this thing who has done this thing And um, it's basically the Monsignor who's in the firing line. <laughs> well, he, he's he's kind of hypnotised and the, and got the priest in his power at this point. Hasn't oh, he? yeah, because... And, and the priest is kind of an interesting version of Clove. Yeah. Because of Clove from Prince of Darkness seemed to be a willing... Um, yeah. Enthusiastic servant of Dracula, whereas um, in this the priest who's never named it's bizarre no. we never yeah. we never we just build as priest but he absolutely hates dracula but he can't help he's compelled to obey him yeah uh, we, we, and for me the only there, there are like two characters in, in in this whole film which are multi-dimensional and yeah. The the priest is one of them. Is it Ewan Hooper? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, I'm just leaning yeah. over to look at the poster. Now, actually, uh, a Scottish actor, I believe, whose vo voice is dubbed by an unknown actor. So, oh, so okay. it's not his 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 voice. Um, 
quite often they never said when they did the dubbing whose voice it actually was and i don't think it's actually known imdb doesn't even list, list it so right uh, <laughs> it, it's it's the the face of you and hooper and a mystery voice but <laughs> but the character is is quite interesting yeah. he's so conflicted he's obviously suffering from alcoholism after his terrible ordeal and then um it's made worse as he's tortured by dracula <laughs> yeah yeah no i thought he was great I, I thought it was a really good good character. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so that, that's like the opening of the film. And I, I think you're right to say it's the worst of the, <laughs> the Dracula Resurrections. Well, it's it makes nothing, no sense. It's nothing it like the great one in Prince of Darkness, which, which is really like slow burn and then horror. Yeah. This is just, this, well, <laughs> this yeah. is like, oops, <laughs> oops, I slipped. Oh, no, Dracula's alive. Literally that. Two things about that that are just incredibly lazy. <laughs> Firstly, right, I'm assuming that this, 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 this part of Europe has seasons and it's been... 12 months. Many, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a year. So, so presumably at some point that ice has thawed out. Yeah, but it's the running water, isn't it, that he's trapped in? But he's, he's, he's frozen. But, but, but he's, he's, still, he's still trapped in the running water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, but, he could have thawed and then been frozen again. Yes. Do you think something well, it could might be a glacier, I suppose, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, yeah. Which is weird. And secondly, it, the, the, this film has a number of weird things that it, it, it seems to do or be slightly obsessed with. The major one is head injuries. This film has so many head injuries and this is the first one because because it's his head that he knocks the priest which causes it to bleed quite a lot of blood i hasten to add although head injuries do bleed quite a lot um but yeah it's the first of many head injuries in this film so the action then moves um because Dracula and the priest go after the Monsignor, and we meet um, the the. I, 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 even though I watched it today, I, the scenes blend into one a, a bit. So we meet uh, Paul, who's obviously yeah. the hero, played by Barry Andrews, whom we've seen in Blood on Satan's Claw. Yeah, uh, was made after this, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So so, and, and he he's a. He works for a baker who's Michael Ripper, uh, Max yeah. the baker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Paul Straight innkeeper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's an inn that serves food, basically. The other one with George C. Cooper obviously didn't serve food. So yeah, it is an inn that serves food, and it's bizarre because um, and they even talk about how early bakers have to get up. Well, yeah. uh, and obviously, if they're also an inn and they have to go, <laughs> have to be open till closing time, it's pretty miserable. But anyway, um, and we also we meet the other complex three-dimensional character. Um, Barbara Ewing plays plays her. Um, yeah, what's her name? I can't. I can't even remember. Zena. Zena. Yeah, not the warrior princess. Zena with no. a Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she she's like the uh, she's a barmaid. She's got a bit of a crush on Paul, hasn't she? And yeah, um, yeah. Um, but um, 
I kind of I like I like I like her because she manages to um, convey some emotions <laughs> and to to to, she, to be not bad, but then yeah um, yeah she just seems to be quite sort of her character's quite sort of well rounded. She, yeah, she um, she comes she's a she's a like a person, whereas like yeah. Paul is like a, a, a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the, but the pub is so the pub, that pub is full of students. Yes, and, and in typical student style, they're all just pissing about and playing uh, drinking games and stuff. Playing drinking games, just generally being annoying. Um, yes, they are pretty annoying. Aren't they? <laughs> they are pretty annoying. Uh, yeah, and there's some drinking game, and Paul gets beer all over him, and then um, which is important because he's going to see um, his fiance, his fiance, mother, and uncle. Uh, so yeah. his fiance is played by Veronica Carlson, and yeah. her name is something or other. Her her name is Maria. Maria, okay, um, yes, that's right. His and his mother is Anna. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so uh, Veronica Carl- Carlson. Uh, that's, that's right, isn't it? Um, yeah. She's this is her first of three big Hammer roles, and she also had. Um, she's also in one of the Tyburn movies, I think. So um, she's generally regarded as uh, one of one of the most famous female actors that Hammer used. Hammer didn't we tend to reuse female actors like they did no. male actors. Um, so uh, how, how how can I put this? Because um, she was cast for her looks, and yeah. you, that's kind of. A, immediately obvious but she, you know as an I mean, in fact Barry Andrews was as well I think and as an yeah, actor yeah. <laughs> she's better than he is yeah <laughs> you, you I mean you can see um why people remember her p- performance actually actually um she's the closest you get to someone who can actually go toe-to-toe with Christopher Lee because he, he's so overpowered because you know they're not like you you said that the other actors in this film they're they're not uh full of charisma and talent and no. uh, and, and and so he doesn't really have like an opposing force he, he just <laughs> and I think that's a weakness when you do it like this. You don't have uh, like uh, antagonist protagonist. Do you? you just got no. uh, antagonist and some random people. But she, <laughs> but she's um, uh, no. But she's she's the the um, closest you get to like the f- <laughs> memorable forces of good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Because I mean, Rupert Davis is fine character actor who's been promoted above his station a little bit to try and play the Van Helsing role, and he's he's not that kind of actor. <laughs> then, that, then this the role doesn't. He sort of doesn't really quite fall into that role either, does he? Particularly, well, no, because he, he, so he kind of, but it's it's yeah, so. At the dinner party, uh, Paul disgraces himself by claiming to be uh, an atheist. Yeah, he gets kicked out because you now know. that's the, when he said it's an atheist. Um, I wrote in my notes, Paul is an atheist, 
do we think this will be important later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather telegraphed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but Paul goes back, gets drunk. Um, Cena, Cena basically ums and ahs about taking advantage of him, decides that she actually probably is going to, but then... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then Maria turns up because she's she's climbed over the roofs to get there. And so Cena's plan is foiled and she leaves them to it. And it's all kind of weird choice for because lots of stuff happens over the roofs. Um it is weird, just, isn't it? I just thought it's a weird choice. Like, okay, so all these houses and buildings are close enough together that they can just wander over the roofs from one to the other, which which is fine. But it just seemed like a really odd thing to do nothing to sort of because it's used a lot they it use really, these roofs a lot and i can only think that really perhaps is. that was from another film that they it was they, they sort of had leftovers from yes i mean this is pinewood so that, that that's so almost I certainly... if that was a set from something else and they just went yeah we can do loads of rooftops <laughs> Because I would have thought there was quite Do so you think it's roof- Mary Poppins? And, <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Sweeps and like, okay. Because make- he actually does land in the, in the chimney at one point, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah but I, I, I don't know. I don't know where the sets come from, but that is a really good point. Yeah, because quite a lot of the action happens across across all these roofs and not down in the town. Yeah, almost uh, nothing happens in the town. No, so. It, it, it's a really weird choice. I think it's quite cool, actually. It's one of the things I quite liked about it. Um, and perhaps it did sort of um, right. maybe maybe add, add to, the, to a sort of notion that this is sort of a bit more fairy tale, although it, it sort of, it, it doesn't really go much further with it. But I, I wondered if that, that struck me as a bit of perhaps a Freddie Francis influence. Yeah, perhaps. well, maybe. Uh, it's certainly <laughs> it, it's certainly odd um and okay so i want to talk about the next bit which is pretty challenging actually so um because what what happens is um you go through a, an, another uh do you, i think is it immediately after that it is immediately after that um cena decides to go home and she she so she she goes to walk home, doesn't she? Yeah. And 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 then as a lone woman, she walks home, and then is attacked um, first by uh, the priest driving a carriage, uh, and then when she thinks that he's gone away, uh, yeah. Dra- Dracula. Although she, because Dracula me- mesmerizes her a little bit. Um, now, obviously, uh, well, where we are now, 2021, then this may change. It probably won't change. Um, this, this, it's a big thing about, um, you know, women not being able to work, walk home at night. And it's here yeah. in this film. And I think it's just something that, um, you know, is obviously a big thing in, in the 60s. It's, it's, it's like a, a it seems to be an endemic social problem <laughs> and it's suddenly here. And, and I don't really, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to say anything else about it apart from, you, you know, sometimes when you see these, these con- 
contemporary we've it's happened a few times these contemporary parallels and things that make you uncomfortable when they, they yeah. probably thought nothing of it i mean it's probably just shoved in as a well, like a, it's a, a plot like a, it's, a, it's a trope it's just yeah just, it's a cliche isn't it at this yeah. point almost uh, absolutely it is it's just a way of um getting Zena to switch sides but um, it's it but but it's actually quite troubling it really is quite troubling you just think oh yeah because you find yourself thinking why is she walking home on her own and then you think well you well, well she should be entitled to work and walk home on her own you know yeah. <laughs> why isn't she safe <laughs> why can't men control themselves well and it's like yeah uh, uh, yeah anyway I'll, I'll move on but i did have all that going through my head <laughs> as i watched this scene and i and i think at the moment you would probably well maybe in a year's time it's gonna be different but anyway um so she she's she's uh sort of partly vampirized um and and, and then now she's working with the priest um and then Dracula ends up downstairs in the weird, this weird church basement that this pub slash bakery has. I sort of thought it was like a, <laughs> I I sort of thought that was like almost like a, an old, sort of, almost wine cellar sewage sort of. <laughs> system those things thing. don't make really sense sure. <laughs> they don't make no. sense why would they be in the form of a bakery slash inn? <laughs> <laughs> and it did it did amuse me that, that the priest had to get, keep going down into the basement of this bakery and, and every time he had to move two bags of flour out the way of this door which goes in into this into this uh place yeah yeah okay and, and, and the door opens away from the bags of flour so he could have just reached across and opened the door and gone round he didn't need to keep <laughs> and the thing was is it happens again later so he goes back back to this door and there's two bags of flour in the way which he has to move yet well, again the door seems to be like oh for goodness sake who keeps the door, putting this flower here the flower makes the door invisible right because later <laughs> when they're all looking for um Maria, they can't find her, but she's no. just behind that door. But they can't possibly look there. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> There's flour in the way. How could anyone be down there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we get. Um, well, we forgot. We forgot to add that at this okay. point, Dracula and, and the priest have nicked a coffin. So Dracula's forced the priest to dig somebody up. Um, uh, a woman called Gisela Hines. Who's the victim from the bell. Um, Is that her? Ah, okay. That's her, that's her, yeah. So, um, and, and, and actually that I thought was quite a, a sort of gruesome scene where they get the coffin out and just tip her out. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think it it's kind of a reference to Dracula needing to rest on his native earth, isn't it? Yeah. I, but I don't it, think there's any no, actual no, earth no in way. there. <laughs> But, but I think that's where they're getting out for that. It's just this idea that, yeah, he needs a coffin sleeping. So, yeah, they'll just go and dig one up. Yeah, because the rules are different in this film. So, yeah. that, that's right. It's a coffin to sleep in rather than, and whereas in it, that's not actually what he needs him no. <laughs> in, in the book. Uh, and, and before that, it's not the coffin, it's the earth he has to rest on. Yeah. And, and anyway. Um, so, so this coffin is in there, and, and it sort of looked to me like it was balanced across two things. 
I don't know why. Every time I saw this shot, I thought it looks like it's sort of balanced across two chairs or something. It was yeah, really it, oddly placed. I mean, There's lots of odd things in this film. Pretty precarious. I think Christopher Lee must have been a bit, <laughs> a bit worried about getting in there, frankly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just, I just want to move on quickly. So um, basically... Um, Christopher Lee's not interested in his new servant, uh, Zena. He wants the Mozinia's niece, uh, Maria. And Zena gets really jealous because he's like, oh, oh my goodness. Like, first, Paul, now you. Why does everyone prefer this (laughs) bloody woman to me? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, ah, you know, and and, um, we haven't mentioned it, but Barbara Zena's played by Barbara Zena is played by Barbara Ewing, who yeah. um, had been in Torture Garden, which was a Freddie Francis Amicus film from the year before, and who's a, a Kiwi um, actor and who <laughs> also a very successful novelist. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but uh, like, like I said, I, I, I find her character authentic and interesting and... Um, and you can see the, the the jealousy. You can see the motivation in, in and and that. And she, she was and and she because she, she obviously um, she's been mesmerised by Dracula, but but she's she's she, she's also um, really her 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 personality is still there. She's not yeah. like a zombie servant. She's still herself. She's just fixated on Dracula because that's how yeah. he makes uh, and he hasn't made her a vampire either no but um, he gets he basically he's abusive towards her yeah um, he like slaps her about a bit he, he, he does and then he murders her well yeah um, so, with, right, so he murders her because um, she she fails to bring um Maria downstairs, although she doesn't actually fail to do that. Um, what happens is that Paul comes to find her, <laughs> yeah. so she's actually succeeded. But then, but, but then he runs away from Paul and then blames uh Zena because, <laughs> yeah. What? Um, but 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 then then she starts moaning again and then he murders her, and then uh, her body ha- has started to develop fangs. Um, so she might actually come back, but. Um, he orders the priest to dispose of the body. Oh, of course, yeah. And he he puts it in <laughs> in the furnace. There, there was quite <laughs> a nice little. <laughs> there was a quite nice little. Um, I thought that scene was quite well directed because you don't see anything happen at all. There's lots of cutting back to the flames, and then back to the priest who's kind of really conflicted about it all and tortured. Yeah, um, and, tortured, and, then, and then and then he does obviously put her in the fire, but you don't. There's, there's no. They don't even attempt to show that, but it's all done on his face. By and his this, face. this, and that was really good, right? There's and also, you know that that's, and I have to say this, Paul, that yeah. was um, uh, invention born of necessity because the original way this was written, the priest chops her up, oh, okay, <laughs> to dispose of her, and the censor said no. Oh, <laughs> so, um, so, so this um, this kind of subtle way of uh, well directing a horrible thing that that was that was to get past the censors that wasn't. But I think I think it works quite well. And there's also another little nice little acting uh, directing bit beforehand, which is um, there's a bit earlier on where Maria is is 
just about to scream. So she's down in the, the sewer, stroke yeah. wine cellar, stroke strange place. And, and and just as she screams, it cuts back to Paul shoveling a whole load of coal or various things into the furnace. Yes. And, yeah. and, that, and that I thought that was really good. I, I really like that. It was quite a nice little trick. I mean, I think it's been used a lot since then and possibly before that, but I did like that. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. And um, also, I don't know if it was just me, but there's a bit where um, when Maria's gone missing and everyone's asking about her and they're, they're like, and Michael Ripper keeps going on about her and everyone keeps asking, where's Maria and stuff. And I did start to think about the song, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria from The Sound of Music? Because <laughs> I just thought they were all going to kind of burst into, into song. Well, uh, <laughs> that would have been quite good. <laughs> Freddie Francis did eventually direct a horror musical, but no, this wasn't <laughs> it. This wasn't it. Um, so, and, okay, but all of that rushing around the tavern gets a bit interminable. Um, but then, yeah. then, but then we go back to the rooftops, don't don't we? Because yep. Paul stupidly gives the priest the address of the Monsignor. So uh, yep. Dra- Dracula goes and. Um, uh, drinks the blood of Maria, and that yep. scene, it, it, you, it's very generic, but it always works when when he. Now, yeah. When, now there's, there's there's something I want again, along with head injuries. I wonder if this this film has the most uh, close up shots of Christopher Lee's eyes, because that they use that a lot. I'm sure they, I'm sure it's about sort of six or seven times or something daft it's it, it's quite it's quite a number of times they they use that well and he has the blood shell um contact lenses doesn't he yeah <laughs> not, not in all of them no they, no they no no not in all of them well, there's but... quite a lot of variation and in yeah. fact you know that christopher lee is gonna murder well dracula i should say not christopher lee christopher lee hasn't murdered anyone <laughs> <laughs> dracula is going to murder um uh xena because um his like eyebrows rise, don't they? So he, yeah, his eyes are suddenly very angry, um, and then, yeah. then and then she screams, and then that, that, and that's all you see of that. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that's absolutely right. Um, and then uh, basically, um, Dracula comes back on the second night, and he is interrupted by the priest. He sees the cross and runs through the window. So, so that's um, something that I think he first did in the Mummy. Goes through yeah. the window glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just go, just because he's, he's used his like vampire powers to shut the the French doors, doesn't he? The, and yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> which we, we, an unnecessary and foolish mistake because then he has to go <laughs> through the glass and then and then he um he's just being a bit cocky. That's all it is. And, and and he escapes over the rooftops. Um, so the Monsignor realizes, I think he realizes what's going on because he's already seen the uh, puncher marks after yeah. the first incident. Um, so and he he gives chase and is bashed over the head by the priest. Um, yeah. The the worst of the head injuries that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then there's still a couple more to go. Yeah. Then, basically, he he staggers back um, home. Um, 
sends for Paul, um, explains to Paul the, that um, he has to basically defend his uh, fiance girlfriend from uh, Count Dracula. The famous atheist Paul goes, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> and um, they, then... Um, Monsignor's got a little book as well. As yeah, like, with instruction strong, manual in Latin. In Latin. I, like, I like the way he kind of assumes that, like, yeah, you 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 go to to university or school or whatever, so you, you, you must know a bit of Latin. Well, but, but he doesn't. But so he, he doesn't. He, he enlists... Um, his his mate from the tavern, the priest, to help yeah. him. Turns <laughs> out the priest is like, he looks at him like, "Are you an idiot?" But then he he comes on. <laughs> but the priest is like so kind of, he's like so kind of downhearted and and dejected by this stage. That I think he just kind of goes along with anything, doesn't he? <laughs> um. So, and when the, when Monsignor Muller sees the priest come into his house, he just kills over, and they, that finishes him. <laughs> because because he dies without explaining why he's so shocked, it's fine. So the the, the priest um, helps Paul prepare all the defenses, and then Paul looks the other way, and the priest whacks him over the head, and then yeah. that's <laughs> Um But but then. Um, um, oh, I don't even I, like I said, I watched this today, I don't even remember the order. <laughs> no, I can't remember exactly. But. Uh, some stuff happens anyway. Some, some Dracula uh, has to leave without uh, again, and Paul pursues him. So he, he leaves with Maria, and Maria he orders Maria to remove the cross from the front of the castle no hang on we haven't no was that we said something before that yeah because the, the best scene in the film <laughs> we've oh, okay, skipped on. over um so so paul pursues dracula back to the coffin and and, and stakes oh, him yes. when he's in the coffin yeah. um but but then because uh because he's an atheist there we go it's come back because he's an atheist right and because he won't pray when he does it um Dracula just takes the stake out. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh, that's really cool. And there's some really cool Christopher Lee acting in there. With that, yeah. Where he's got the stake and, and there's a lot of blood oozing out. And yeah, but he, but he recovers. And, and um, apparently Christopher Lee didn't approve of this because he thought okay. Blades of the Heart should do it. But um, you can see the effect it would have. A stake of staking through the heart and he takes it out again says that didn't work yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> um so that's the big and uh, that, that's the best scene as uh, the best uh, that that is uh, and like you say it has been building up to it and, and it is effective it is nonsense and they change the rules of the game every time of course, yeah. <laughs> it's like that doesn't work <laughs> what why do you have to pray you didn't have to do last film <laughs> but uh, there we go <laughs> um, um then um, Christopher Lee, uh, so, sorry, not Christopher Lee because he's yeah. an actor playing a character. The character of Dracula <laughs> <laughs> um, basically gets Maria and heads off back to Castle Dracula, which is, yeah. um, <laughs> which he's got. I mean, he's tried this before; it didn't work the last time <laughs> because. But he's trying. He's trying that trick again, right? Get back yeah. into Castle Dracula, presumably hide in the cellars with his bride. Um, yeah, but then. Uh, Paul and the priest. I uh, know the priest. The priest has changed sides back 
because he keeps swapping sides, but the priest is is actually the one who takes Dracula back, isn't he? Or he's, he's yeah. back with Dracula. Uh, Dracula's actually riding the uh, um, the car himself, but the priest is still with with Dracula. But Paul yeah, goes after him as back as, as as well, and then that thing happens that you said where um, yeah where he orders uh, you see some box hill and then he orders maria to take the cross down and she does and the, the cross gets thrown over the the mountainside doesn't it where it sticks yeah. up precariously and then there's an incredibly um wheezy <laughs> um show, showdown <laughs> between yeah. paul and dracula and they both kind of fall off the edge and paul um basically lands on the ledges and is fine. And Dracula goes all the way to the bottom and impales himself on the cross. Then the priest rediscovers his faith and prays and Dracula dies. Yeah. And, and, and that is the end of the film. So, so why doesn't Dracula have, like, Castle Dracula presumably is, is a reasonably big place. Why doesn't he have, like, another entrance you can go in? It's because, because, like... Um, it's like you know, I I, I live in a fairly well, it's a, small end it's of terrace a, it house. It is a and fortress. It's got a back door. It is a fortress. You, you can't have lots of places in a fortress to get in. It's got to be defensible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like like you, you're probably not worried uh, um, about the Turk, are you? <laughs> Sweeping across uh, Red <laughs> Hill, <laughs> but. You know, it's different in the Carpathians in 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 uh, fourteen hundred or wherever that wherever, is, yeah, or, or wherever that is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, so, I quite I quite like. I mean, again, that cross is massively signposted because it's such an ornate, fancy cross that you're going. Yeah, that that something's going to happen with that, and that's going to come back at the end somehow. Absolutely. But um, then I didn't say, I should say, right, it's the priest that's praying, right, which yeah. is interesting because it's not Paul suddenly um, seeing the light. However, wow. he does cross himself. Yeah, he? he does that, right. So I, I thought that was quite interesting and I actually did write in my notes that that's a point that needs to be discussed because what is, the, what is this film actually saying about atheism? Do we think? Because it oh. kind is kind of suggesting that actually, to me, I thought it just kind of suggested that actually, um, you can't defeat evil by being an atheist. You have to you have to sort of throw your lot in with with the whole Christianity thing. Whether it's sort of meant to say that, I think unintentionally, it's sort of saying saying that, isn't it? Well, I, I think if you're an atheist in a Dracula film, then you're probably onto a bit of a, although people have played with it since, haven't they? Yeah. They've, 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 they've talked, they've talked about, um, you know, crosses only work because they're the faith attached to them and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. in this kind of, in a classic <laughs> old fashioned uh, hammer horror, um, basically being an atheist is just wrong because Dracula is real and <laughs> you need to, you need to use the power of Christianity to defeat him. Uh, and, and even more, but, but, but that only works. That only works because, like, we've had plenty of people just wave crosses at vampires and stuff. And this, this only becomes a thing in this film because of this added bit to do with praying. Well, so without that, it, in any other film, people just kind of blithely wave crosses around and. But in and, and, 
without having to necessarily be in the first Christian. In, in the in, in the first film, uh, obviously Van Helsing waves the crosses around, um, yeah. but he's a scientist. He, yeah. he's not he's not a priest. So, and I guess if you're in a universe where uh, vampires are real and they are defeated by the powers of Christianity, I guess uh, scientifically speaking, that would be provable, and therefore you would go, "Oh, okay, that's fine." I would. I, would, I, would I just. Do I that. just thought... but, but I don't like that switching um from a van housing character to a priest character which happened in the previous film and and yeah. carries on here i think um i prefer a van helsing type but, but yeah no and then just sort of thought i mean the answer is probably not because it's probably just uh, a script that was banged out in a couple of days uh, and they just probably thought or oh, we'll try and do a slightly different angle on it I just want to deflate in the context of 1968 when this came out. Is that right? Um, yeah. Was there anything like, was atheism like something that was coming in that was kind of a bit of a movement? I don't honestly know, but I don't know if it's, if it was a comment on something or if it was just, you know, just a, a needed a gimmick to kind of bung in the script. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a, <laughs> it, it, I, it was just a, a, a thing, a, a gimmick. It's it's what part. It also it also what passes for character development, only it doesn't because it isn't yeah. character development. It's just, <laughs> so it's just um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I I guess it's all right, um, and then it works mechanically, but it's not very. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's not very deep, but then I, okay, no. I, I, but I think that's all right. I don't think we want this to be particularly like a contemplation about <laughs> about theology, <laughs> do no, we? we, we no. <laughs> so, so, um, and, and this is what I, I mean about the John Elder scripts, they're fine, um, but they're very straightforward, and and so what yeah. you end up enjoying in them is um, the kind of <laughs> the 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 gothic stuff the mezzanine yeah. i think you'd say you should, and and then the performances from the actors that you do like <laughs> and, and that, yeah. that kind of thing but then so so you, but you wouldn't say it was a great film because of the script the script just it doesn't have enough to hang to it and i think in some some ways that's a great shame because christopher lee is absolutely amazing as Dracula. he is he absolutely he doesn't so much light up the screen and sets it on fire he's so yeah. good as dracula you can see you can see why it was such a sensation repeatedly so uh, when the first film came out and when prince of darkness came out and yeah. this was a massive hit just like yeah. prince of darkness had been just like um, Taste the Blood of Dracula would go on to be. There, there was a lot of um, appetite for this, and he was famously reluctant to keep doing it. He didn't want to be typecast. But, um, yeah. And uh, I think there's a story that that this film had been sold to distributors on the basis that he was going to be in it, but he didn't have a contract. <laughs> but but what what were they going to do if they couldn't get Barrett? Baron Meinster back. <laughs> they, they needed it. They really needed him. And, and he's the, 
Uh, he is the difference here. This they could they could have just wheeled in Mike Raven. He's he's just the perfect <laughs> Christopher Lee substitute. Surely. <laughs> yeah. So so um, all 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 things that Hammer would try, of course, but. <laughs> Um, and, and, and we'll, I think we'll probably, when we go on to um, t- Taste the Blood of Dracula, that was not, I mean, there was a version of that written that didn't have Dracula in. Oh. <laughs> so, because um, they were always, they, from this point onwards, they were always fighting with Christopher Lee to try and yeah. persuade him to be in the films he didn't want to be in. <laughs> but I think, I think without him in this film, this, this film will be a bit, nothingy i think it i think yeah. it looks quite visually yeah. quite interesting in places it's visually quite good there's a, uh, there's another little there's another little bit of imagery which i quite liked as well though it's a little bit kind of um obvious i suppose but there's a bit where dracula is seducing maria in her bedroom and and again it might have been a sensor thing when he's going into kind of the big going in for the big kind of kill moment or whatever the big seduction moment it cuts away to her hand when she grabs like a little doll, yeah, and then pushes it away. Yeah, and, and that kind of obvious. Yeah, I'm holding on to something that symbolizes me as a little girl, and innocence. then oh, I'm pushing it away, so I'm yeah. no longer a little girl. Yeah, the and, and I thought actually that innocence. was, I thought that was quite a nice little flourish, and I can I can sort of imagine. I agree. That. I don't know whether that would have been in the script. No, I think or whether not. that was just Freddie Francis working around the fact they couldn't really show her being seduced, or he didn't really want to and wanted to do something a bit more imaginative. So I think I think this there, there's lots of little flourishes and bits and pieces and imagery in this that that actually works quite well. And the weird choice to use rooftops is quite interesting. Um, so I think it's one of these films that actually punches a bit above its weight really by because uh, the script is quite run-of-the-mill and, and and average really yeah but somehow some of the performances and the uh general look of it and the direction lift it above that and i actually found myself sort of really quite enjoying it so, so i really quite enjoyed it um but uh... <laughs> I, I see its flaws, and I and I, and I oh, think yeah. that without Christopher Lee, it, it would probably be not even that good. But but with no. but with him, it's it's fine. It's it's, it's yeah. it really is, and, and like yeah yeah, um, it could really do with a punchier scene at the end, because couldn't it? I mean, the the first Dracula has that really famous um, fight with the candlesticks, yeah, and they they haven't really struggled to reproduce anything like that. I mean, and the, inter- the interesting thing about that that particular sequence is it's visually really interesting and physical, but again, it's not actually that long, and, it, and this 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 scene wasn't long either. But it just it just it's just a bit boring. I think, like in the same way, they struggled to find ways to resurrect Dracula. They also struggled to find sort of interesting ways to to kill him off. And yeah, that, that was actually, you're right, that was a re- reoccurring theme. So so it, they put the um, the unsuccessful staking in at the wrong place almost because, yeah. <laughs> although they had to do it because then they had to go back and have a second try. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that that's that's the big act well it's not an action sequence but it, it is the big confrontation and the, the the finale is um a bit of a, a a bit of a damp squib isn't it but you could have had the um exactly you could have had the the fake staking uh, as part of the finale like they they go in think they're gonna sort it out and then oh hang on there's this extra problem but like and then that could go into the, the, the bigger sort of finale and a longer kind of confrontation and sort of fight scene type thing. And then, and then yeah, the priest, Dracula falls and the priest does his, does his thing. And that was one great big long sequence would have been really quite cool. But they, they sort of, they don't, they have it earlier in the, in the film. And then, then just yep. sort of go on to, to other more mundane bits. That's absolutely right. Absolutely agree yeah. with you. I, I don't really even know what else there is to say. Is there anything else to say? I mean, I'd recommend watching this film, but I, I yeah. wouldn't. I just. I, th- I, wouldn't I think it's. I think it's. I think it's obvious why I didn't really remember much about it. Because <laughs> every, uh, lots of it is not unique enough to remember. Because no. of the John Elder screenplay, probably also because you're used to Freddie Francis from lots of other things as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I do have one other thing to say. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Forget. Um, forget this film, <laughs> because Christopher Chris, Christopher Lee reluctant to play Dracula, but did actually play him a lot for yeah. ha- for Hammer, but but also several times for other producers yeah. so um he he played there's a jess jess or jesus franco film isn't there where yeah he, called count dracula where he which he which he did it with the moustache and white hair just i think he wanted to do a more authentic version of dracula though it's not no. <laughs> though it isn't um and, and he also did a french comedy called dracula and son okay <laughs> but um i <laughs> i i because I, because I, I obviously knew I was doing this podcast, and I thought um, that the, he did a documentary, a feature-length documentary called *In Search of Dracula*, and I wondered whether I'd be able to watch that. And I did, I did find it on online, and, and I, I, I mean, and I watched it, and um, Christopher Lee always liked it because he um, he got to play, or he said he got to play Vlad Tepes. In, right. in, in, in it. but in actual fact he doesn't so it, it's a <laughs> what, what it is the Christopher Lee narrates the documentary which is a lot of like, right. travel footage of various different places essentially um we, and and then there's also some um what would you call them not quite tableaus but there's the, there's the short scenes without dialogue with Christopher Lee in costume so right um in costume as Vlad Tepes wandering around looking medieval and um, <laughs> also though um, in costume as Dracula so okay. it's, got, it's got a little um, extra Dracula performance in it, tiny kind of one um, but this, this was a French, Swedish American co-production from 74 I think so. Even right. I've prob- probably done after um, Satanic Rites, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, but it's got actually quite a few clips of Christopher Lee as Dracula in Hammer films um, to illustrate 
Dracula as a character, and then then some facts and about uh, the historical Vlad Tepes and about Bram Stoker and bizarrely a whole segue about um, Frankenstein, <laughs> and a lot a lot of assertions which seem very unconvincing now. So, <laughs> um, but it, it was. It, it, it was kind of all right. And I think I, I bring it up just because I wanted to do some extra little research for this, but also to show just how, um, despite himself, Christopher Lee was Dracula at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really, there, there was no separating him from Dracula. And, it, and, no. and he resented it deeply. He, um, he really did, but but I don't know if he could get away from it. So he, he kept agreeing to do things which seemed like a different spin on it or were, yeah. were, 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 were more faithful to Bram Stoker or were like, oh, maybe I, I could look into it. I could play Vlad Tepes. That would be good kind, yeah. kind, of, kind of thing. But, but, but I think, I don't know, we may have mentioned this before on, on the podcast, but um, I do, I do, I think he was still feeling that way right up until the sort of um the sort of late 90s early 2000s when because we went to see him at a book signing didn't we do you remember was that did you did you come with me i think you did and i, and, I don't remember <laughs> I don't, okay i don't think i did well maybe um, you didn't then there was a borders in in london in oxford street which gives you an idea of how long ago it was um and he was a question it was an it, it was an interview with Marcus Hearn, and then afterwards there was a um, there was a question and answer session, and he just refused to answer any questions about Dracula. Do you know, I think I might I might have been there. I, I think, think you were. There. I think I might have been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was quite pleased at the time because he'd just done. Um, he, he was he was very proud of having done Attack of the Clones and and, and the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah, because he was on the way up again. But yeah. Yeah, and and I can understand why he didn't like it, but um, then maybe Dracula's from the grave is really where he couldn't escape it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I I think you, you know, okay, he had done one, he waited a long, long time, he'd come back and done a second one, and then it, it, that was a big success, and he could have just left it there um but but then he came back for the third and fourth and sixth yeah. <laughs> and 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 then he's just like in and then indistinguishable but mind you my mind you bella lugosi didn't do that and and bella lugosi no. still <laughs> still is the universal monster equivalent isn't he <laughs> well yeah yeah, yeah. so so, so, so maybe whichever, maybe there was no escaping it. But, but no. um, for, for all his resentment, I'm not sure he tried. I mean, he must have played Dracula ten times in, in movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, okay. Maybe, that, maybe that's including the Magic Christian. But you know, um, <laughs> he, he, he uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I know another thing about Christopher Lee is he made the most. He's He's got the most movie appearances of any actor ever, so he, he was in a lot of roles. He's, but um, <laughs> he, yeah, um, I, I, I'm not even sure where I'm going with this anymore. Apart from, <laughs> I think 
this is actually a really important film in as part of that, as part of the mythology of Christopher Lee as Dracula, but also maybe his performance is so honed, it's yeah. so spectacularly good um, <laughs> that you, you, you know he made it inevitable by being that good as Dracula, and you know he doesn't then, he, he doesn't have that impact as Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. No, yeah. I mean Dracula is just the perfect role for him. I mean, let's let's face it. In this film, he he doesn't have a lot to say in. Um, and the lines he does say are utter tosh, basically. He doesn't say anything that isn't just cliched rubbish. But he just makes it sound brilliant and 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 ominous and and you know, quite quite yeah. It gives it that gravitas which which the the, the dialogue doesn't really deserve. I, I think that's absolutely correct. And I, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to, to say. I rest my case. I don't know if it's Good. the case for the defence or the prosecution. <laughs> rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, if you want to come and talk to us about any of the issues raised in this programme, how would you do that? If you made that sound as if that, <laughs> as if that was like, a, you know, like about... A serious storyline about depression. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, if the if the alcoholic priests portrayed in this in this film cause you any problems or you want to talk to someone in confidence, then <laughs> don't don't contact us. Um, yeah, yes. But you can if you do want to just talk about this film uh, or anything else, then you can contact us. Um, via Facebook on our Facebook page where we're at a very British horror or you can contact us on Twitter where we're at very Brit horror or email us at very British horror at gmail.com and we also have an Instagram page which I've just started trying to put things on yeah but we're a podcast we don't have a lot of photos because it's quite... yeah sorry lots yeah. of podcasts have them it's I know but but, but, like... but but we don't have any photos because we're not even we're not even physically together. And even if we were, yeah. it'd be two people wearing headphones with them. Yeah. It would be. Um, I, I, but we did have a lovely email. You forwarded it to me from a guy called Chris Wood. Was that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's the editor of a British horror website, and um, who was uh, prompted to write to us because of our um, death death line um, episode, the last episode that. Went went out and a particular favourite film of his, and I, it was a really lovely e- e- email. And um, I it was yeah, and um, we're not we won't read it here because it's about deadline. <laughs> but um, and it, um, I do um, really like it's really it's really heartening to get that kind of feedback. It is, and and um, his his website I do remember his website quite well and, and reading that quite often. So that was yeah, quite it, nice as well. Well, he was a pioneer, wasn't he? Because um, it, it was yeah. like uh, uh, he talked about HTML and and, and having to do it all, yeah. <laughs> all, all, all manual, all old school. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember those days. So yeah, Chris, Chris, thank you for your email. We we salute you. We do. Right, and on that note, which is a pretty positive note to end on, um, yep. I've been Chris Denton, and I'm still Paul Monk. Good night or good morning. Bye.